just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sikoler and the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. The folks joining us today, my buddy Randy Rocky. He is over at Swan Financial. They really do a great job getting you a pre-approved and to the closing table. And you can reach Randy anytime on his phone, 502-645-0736. Also here in for... Lee Harris, who had some work she had to work on this Sunday morning, is Brant Sloan, who is another fine attorney over at Limestone Title and Escrow, and they get you closed. So Randy gets you set up and to, to get the loan, and then Brant and his folks get you closed. And you can reach Brant and Lee and everybody else on Lee's cell phone, 649-7964. Welcome to both of you guys. And if morning. you're looking, good morning, looking to sell your home or buy, you can reach me, Bob Sikolder. You call me, we could talk on the phone via Zoom. It could be in person. I don't mind driving anywhere to talk. It's free, no obligation. Come up with a plan and we'll help you figure out how we can best help you sell your home and buy a new one. All right, so we've got a lot of questions. We're going to start, Mr. Rocky, with you. Samantha sent us an email. She is a first-time home buyer, and she's wondering what the top three mortgage mistakes home buyers make when getting ready to buy a home. Now I'll give you one and then you pick up the other two. Okay. The first one is buying a brand new car. Explain why that's not a good idea. Uh, debt to income uh, it, that can get you where you the point where your debt is too high. Now you don't have enough income and you will not qualify for the uh, home. Okay. So how far before the decision to make a purchase of a home can you not buy a home, a car, going out, out and buying? Well, it, it depends on the individuals. If, if they make enough income, obviously we allow it to happen. But it's very what we really try to do is say, hey, hopefully you're going to buy the house. If if we know their time frame, if it's going to be in the next 30, 45, 60 days, could you wait? If you can't wait, then we work with them, make sure that debt, debt to income works with the, with the new uh, car. And if it does, that's fine. We'll make it work. But if to keep things easy, we would rather just have them close and not open up any new credit cards, not uh, really close out any accounts, uh, not pay off co a collection if there's even a collection involved. Just kind of do status quo after we have them pre-approved until we get them, you know, one of your team members gets them to the closing table. And so I take it that's items two, three, and four on your list in terms of credit cards don't do that payoff. So you've actually answered the whole thing right there. Very good. In one bill, I've never seen you so distinct. Nice job. Very that, nice. That says that says a lot about me not being distinct, but I, I'm used to distinct. That. Yeah, no, no, you no, no. Normally it's a little longer, but you did good. All right, Brant, we're we're throwing over to you. Two right. news and and see what you think on this. this. Is actually interesting. And Randy, feel free to jump in. Two new studies show how money impacts move-in decisions among couples. A new Zillow study shows that single renters meaning renters who are solely responsible for housing costs, pay what amounts to a singles tax of nearly $7,000 a year. You may or may not know this, folks. And that's just the national average. In pricier metros, not Louisville, the amount can be as high as $19,500. Or put it another way, cohabitating renters can save a collective $14,000 a year or more just by living together. Now, there's more to this. Uh, another study conducted by Realtor.com and Harris X shows 
how high housing costs have some couples deciding to cohabitate before they're ready. With so many Americans struggling to pay the bills and save money, it is not surprising more of them are splitting the rent. And who better to do that with than someone that you might actually want to marry down the road? So, Brent, here's the question. What agreements should couples have in place before moving in together for protection of property? And if they buy a home together, what documents should they have their attorney or you or Lee draw up in an attempt to cope, to protect them when they move in together? Go ahead. Yeah, I, you know, that's a great question. Um, and, and Bob, thanks for having me on uh, here this morning. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I appreciate the opportunity to fill in for Lee. Um, you know, this is a situation that comes up um, fairly frequently uh, in my line of work where, you know, it's it's not uncommon, obviously, these days for people that are not married to cohabitate or to even buy a home together. Um, and when they do that, you know, it, it presents a, a host of questions that are not always the most comfortable things to talk about uh, necessarily, right? Um, mm -hmm. You've got a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you you decide that, okay, we're going to buy a home together. Um, you know, the first thing I'm curious about is, are both parties bringing money to the table for the down payment? Um, or is it just, is it one-sided? Um, and those are just things to think about if you're that, if you're in that position. Um, because you know, from our perspective, when we do a closing, um, typically when there's two people that are going on title together, um, the, the sort of default presumption is that those people want to be what we call joint tenants with survivorship. Okay. Um, and I'll, I'll try not to get too into don't, the yeah, don't go down there, right? Yeah. Legal things, right. But, 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 you know, typically if it's, you know, a couple, they're joint tenants with survivorship, which, which means that if one of them passes away, the other person owns the house. No, no question asked. It doesn't have to go to probate. It doesn't have to go to, to in front of a judge. If one person dies, the other person just owns the property. Um, as as your, the listeners can probably foresee, um, that's a little bit of a bigger decision to make when this person is someone that you're not married to. Maybe, right. you, maybe right. you're just in a relationship with them. Um, and, and so I always encourage people to think about the consequences of that down the road. You know, um, obviously, everybody that's in a, a, a relationship uh, wants to have the best hopes, and they, they think that that relationship is going to last forever, um, and that they're going to be with that person forever. Uh, and we all hope that. But, um, you know, it doesn't always work out that way, obviously, in reality. So um, one of the things I always talk to people about when they ask me this question is, you know, really think about, do you want to own a property in survivorship with this person? Or, would it make more sense for you to uh, to own it as what we call tenants in common, which is where each person has an equal 50% interest in the property. Um, and, and then if, you know, forbid something happens to one of those folks and they pass away, um, their 50% would then go to their heirs and not to the surviving uh, person in the relationship. So yeah, that's the biggest thing of uh, is deciding how how those people should hold title to the property. And so and let's back up for with regards if they're just living together, cohabitating in a rental property, is there an agreement that they should have that protects them against taking someone else's property in the event that the relationship dissolves? Yeah, I mean, I think in those scenarios, I mean, it's not a bad idea 
to have some kind of written agreement, you know, between the parties that just clarifies, um, you know, a whole host, I mean, all the way from, you know, how is the rent being split? You know, who is it 50-50, is it 70-30? You know, how do we agree that we're paying the rent? Um, and then on top of that, um, is there renter's insurance? And if so, who, who again, how is that being paid for? Um, and is that renter's insurance gonna cover everyone's belongings that are in the apartment or uh, is it just for the person that's paying for the policy? Uh, that's something to think about. Um, and then I also think that it's this might be um, a little bit overboard. It maybe doesn't happen that often in practice, but it's not a bad idea to maybe just have a written agreement that makes it very clear that, you know, each person is bringing their own personal property, you know, into this this house or apartment, whatever it may be. Um, and just making clear that upon the event that somebody moves out of the property, you know, each is entitled to what they brought with them essentially. Right. Nobody, you don't get to confiscate your, your partner's belongings. If they, if you, if you break up and they move out, um, and that can all, you know, we can, we can draw up agreements to that effect and and everybody can sign something. And, uh, I think it's just good peace of mind to have. I think there's one more thing I think that might be important in a piece of paper or something that both parties sign that in the event a relationship falls apart, then whoever is leaving or there's an agreement who leaves within a specific period of time so that the party that's uh, leaving or having a problem uh, doesn't stay there indefinitely. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a great, that, that's a great point. Yeah. And, and I've had, I've had people come to me after the fact, you know, they're in that situation and they don't have any kind of document or agreement that they made prior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they come, they come to us and, um, you know, they, we kind of end up playing mediator a little bit, you know, uh, in terms of just trying to get everybody comfortable with, you know, how many days do you have to move out? And sure. Where are you going to come pick up all your things uh, and all that good stuff? So um, it's better, definitely better to have a plan ahead of time than to be reacting after the fact. Put it in writing, and we'll be giving out uh, Limestone's number in just a few minutes. By the way, if you've piqued your interest in this and you're thinking, I'd like somebody I know to hear this, go to louisvilleanswers.com, and that's the redirect to our YouTube channel. But we also put this out on my Facebook pages. We put our these questions and answers out uh, on our YouTube site. So uh, louisvillehomestv.com is another place to see a lot of the stuff that we post, louisvillehomestv.com. All right, we move on to uh, Randy. Tony, buying a home this year, but he doesn't have a whole lot of money in his bank account, Randy. Uh-huh. He's wondering if he could cash in some of the gold, really gold, that he's purchased over the years and use that as uh, money down payment. Can, can sure. someone use well, that? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And Well, we can do a no money down home. Uh, but if they want to put money down, which is advisable if they can, cause they get a better rate in, um, in that situation and, uh, not a big a payment is I would recommend to go ahead and cash the gold in and have it in just in a savings account separate, uh, for 60 days. The reason I say that is, is then when we, when we verify the asset, as long as it's been, uh, seasoned for 60 days, then we do not have to. Uh, verify where it came from, because then it gets a little bit uh, sloppy when you have to go in and say, okay, he had gold. Okay, 
how did he get the gold and then all so that so we can you have to source that. it is what you're saying you need yeah, to yeah. source it yeah so yes. okay so remember folks that's that's a really important point 60 days and if not like for example if there's a gift coming from a parent or guardian you will need if it's going to happen uh, within a couple of weeks of the, of the closing or a uh -huh. loan approval you're going to need some sort of form of letter from the parent that indicates that this is coming from me or uh, from a guardian guardian correct that that's right and 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 we tell them in a lot of situations if the parent is going to go ahead and give them the money put it in a savings account let it sit for 60 days and we don't even have to get into letters or you know then we have to source sometimes where did they get it from the checking account uh, yeah, you know where right. did, uh, and, yeah. and so then we just we just stop a whole can of worms it becomes, and we it becomes difficult yep. yeah all right, let's uh, one question more before we take a break on this, and this may be of interest to a lot of people. Uh, Amy writing in on this, Brant, uh, she's renting a home with her boyfriend. This we've we've snuck struck a chord here. Uh, uh, -huh. uh there was a fire in the house, and part of the furniture has smoke damage. Her boyfriend has renter's insurance, but Amy says she does not, and the insurance company won't pay to replace or repair Amy's furniture because the insurance policy was actually her boyfriend. Now you alluded to something like this and just a quick follow-up. So what would you, at this point, is she out of luck? I, I mean, probably, unfortunately, uh, at this point, she, she probably is out of luck. And, and so again, you know, to, to reiterate, I think the more that a couple in a situation like that can plan ahead um, and, and make sure that um, everybody's names are on those policies, and that it's clear who's paying for those and who's covered and what what items are covered. Uh, that's that's obviously a, a, a very wise thing to do. Yeah. And um, I feel I feel bad for the writer, you know, in this situation. That's a that's Amy, yeah. really a yep. tough thing. It's tough. It really is. Listen, if you're looking to uh, sell your home and uh, who at this point, uh, a lot of people are thinking about it for this year. You want to find somebody who's got a great track record. That's us. It's a Kohler team. You can head over to see some of the reviews we get. Go to louisvillezillow.com, or you can go to louisvillegoogle.com. And if you want to see our main website, go to wesellouisville.com. That's wesellouisville.com. We're taking a break. With us continuing, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 6450736. In for Lee Harris today is Brant Sloan, who's another attorney at Limestone, doing a great job. And you can reach Lee and Brant eventually at 649-7964. Then you can reach me, Bob Sikuler. You're thinking about selling? Well, I can come out or we can talk via Zoom or on the phone. Uh, free, no obligation to discuss what the plans are and how to get it accomplished. And then buy another home. We've got 12 agents who are ready to help you. We're taking a break. And by the way, you can reach me at 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Want to buy a home but are afraid of interest rates being quoted? Swan Financial Home Loans can help you. Here's Randy Rocky. We know buyers want to purchase and we can help you with your interest rate. Swan has a 5-1 arm that can put your interest rate in the 5% range. Want another option? Visit 2-1 Buy Down where you have two points off the first year and one point off of the second year and then you go back to the normal interest rate. Certain restrictions may apply. Don't be afraid of today's interest rates. Swan Financial can help you. Call 645-0736 and MLS 26362-2473. 
this is Lee Harris, owner and attorney at Limestone Title and Escrow here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are an experienced team of processors and attorneys who will be happy to help you with your closing needs. We are known for our flexible closing times. We're open to nights and weekends, whatever suits you or your clients. We can help you provide a smooth and quick closing and help with difficult situations based upon our history of expertise and experience in closings. Call us anytime at 502-632-2277. You probably don't think you spend much time in your home's nasty crawl space, but you really do. That moldy air passes right through your floors and into your family's living area, causing allergies and more. Let Aqualock remove the mold and debris, disinfect your crawl space, and install an airtight barrier, giving you back a healthy home environment with clean, fresh air. It'll even pay for itself in 10 years with utility savings, and your floors will feel warmer in the winter. Call Aqualock today for your free inspection. 495-9450. People often think that real estate agents market and sell the same way, but they don't. I'm Barbara Corcoran and I've worked with the best agents throughout the country. Having a local real estate agent who offers great marketing and options to fit your needs is smart. In Louisville, the agents I trust and you should hire are Bob and Greg Sokola. If I were selling in Louisville, Bob and Greg would be my guys. You deserve the best there is. Bob and Greg, go to WeSellLouisville.com. News Radio 840 WHAS, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, here with you until the top of the hour on this Sunday morning. Still with us, thank goodness, because it would be a very slow show if it was just me alone. We have Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. You can reach Randy at 645-0736. They do a great job of getting you pre-approved and to the closing table. And at the closing table, we can't recommend highly enough the folks at Limestone Title and Escrow. And Brant Sloan is in for Lee Harris today. And you can reach the folks over there actually using Lee Harris's personal cell phone at 649-7964. And again, if you're looking to think about doing uh, uh, buying a home or selling a home, we'll come out. I'll be there on the phone with you or in person, and we'll talk about the plan and uh, free of charge, no obligation to get that information. You can reach me at 376-5483. That's 376-5483. And my thanks to Barbara Cork. We're going up to see her in a couple of weeks to shoot a new commercial with her. So looking forward to seeing her. All right, we move on. Randy Bell will be buying a house in the next couple of months her father's an investment banker. He told Bell not to worry so much about the Fed raising short-term interest rates because he says long-term interest rates are not directly tied to the short-term increases. She's kind of confused because she keeps hearing back and forth about the Fed increasing rates. Okay, we hear it all. Can you explain simply of the difference between short and long-term rates and how they do? Yes, uh, short-term rates, uh, and there is some core uh, – they kind of trend the same to a certain extent, but they don't. Yes, he is correct. So uh, basically what short-term rates do, they're more into credit cards, uh, car loans, things of that nature. And then when you get into long-term rates, you're into bonds, you get into more Fannie Freddie product and long-term rates. So a lot, a lot of times, that long now it hasn't happened in this scenario, uh, long-term rates did go, uh, I mean, short-term and long-term rates really did go up together. But in a lot of situations throughout my uh, and I'm showing my age, my 22-year or 23-year career now, uh, that that did not happen. But uh, in this situation, it has. But now you're starting to see long-term rates drop. So we're um, uh, he has corrected. It looks like the feds are talking about raising short-term rates again, which 
astonishes me, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, 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 I think that long-term rates are going to come down. Good. And so do I. We all hope that's going to happen. And we've talked about this in past shows and it, uh, thinking between four and a half and five percent, five and a half percent where they're yes. eventually. Yes. Is. Yes. And, and that, you know, the CPI, the consumer price index comes out May the 10th. Mark that date. It's okay. going to uh, uh, be very encouraging. And you're going to I think that's when you're really going to start to see rates continually de decline. And the one thing we're doing is because of that, uh, uh, we do it for your clients is the loan officer and client for life is we're doing a no closing cost refinance because of rates are high right now to get people and send them to go ahead and buy us. Because I think when rates drop, I think yeah. and you will probably agree housing is going to be more demand and which means that it's already in big demand, but uh, which I think housing is going to go up. So. And I think the part people should take away from what Randy just said, folks, is you can f right now you're not competing with as many people as who will be in the marketplace come later this year when the rates start come down. So you can potentially find your home, a dream home, buy it. And yes, it's going to be a little bit higher rate than you want. But then as you hear with Swan, all you do is you, you contact Randy, they refi it at a lower interest rate and no cost at that point, right? Well, and, 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 and this will be interesting, Bob. March of, uh, March of 2022, what do you think the average on, on a house that was 300000 in Louisville, what do you think the average, and it was a decent house, how many offers do you think were on it? Seriously. Well, I, listen, not <laughs> I, I would say probably 25 or 30, but right now you're exactly. dealing with one. But I want to follow up. That's right. You brought this up. And Brent, you, you're going to love this. Three weeks ago, we put a house on the market and we priced it at a really good price. And within a day, 87 visitors. One day. I got a call from an agent here in Louisville who said, Bob, I can't get into the house. There's too many people in there already. That's how hot this house was. By the end of that day, 11 offers, four of them cash, and we sold the house for 20% over list. And our sellers are pretty happy about that. Yeah. So. I would say so. Yeah. So there you go. Just So, yes, it was hot a year ago uh, to some level. But if the house is priced right, good condition and location, you're going to see people come. I'll give up my number. We'll talk more if you want. Well, and 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 one last thing on this. Yeah. My old family. If my daughter was not transferring to Atlanta, she would be buying a house in Louisville right now, not four months from now. Right, right now, I right I now. just think yeah. I think it's I think this is the time to buy. I really do. Yeah, especially with SWAT offering a refi that's free. All right, we move on, Brett. So Kitty is writing in. She's buying a home sometime this year. And this is going to be interesting, folks. A friend of her gave her some questions to ask when she visits the home. Her real estate agent says these may not be the right questions to ask because they may violate some sort of discrimination law. Okay. So she's asking us, and specifically, Brent, you, if she can ask the following questions. All right. I'm going to give you the question, and then you tell me yes or no and give me a quick answer why, because we got a couple of these. Sure. She wants to ask, why is this home for sale? Not a problem, right? No, I don't think there's any issue with, with that. Now, you know, the seller obviously uh, can divulge as little or much information as they want to in that regard, I suppose. But, um, you know, I don't, no legal issue, I think, with asking that. All right. Now we get a little bit gray area here. How are the neighbors? 
she says. She wants to ask, how are the neighbors? Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Um, I think that generally speaking, it's okay to get the seller's take on, you know, their, their neighbors, their street, you know, is everybody friendly? Um, are, are there a bunch of kids, you know, in the neighborhood? Um, I, I think, you, you know, be careful though with, um, you know, obviously anything that gets into the demographic makeup of the neighbors, uh, is, is possibly going to get, get into some trouble. So, well, and you're reading my mind or you've already seen her question. Cause she okay. says, the next question is, can she ask the neighbors or the owner, if the owner is there, what's the makeup of the neighborhood? Mm, That's no. the problem. I, I would, I, I, um, I mean, well, let's be clear, I guess, right. The, the, she can ask, uh, but should her agent answer, uh, or should, you know, should, should, in, should her agent or the listing agent, you know, provide an answer to that. And, and that would be no, right. Um, that, yeah. that would be a, a no, a no, no go. Now, she, if she wanted to go on her own, if Kitty wants to go out to the neighborhood on her own, walk the neighborhood and talk to the neighbors and ask questions. Absolutely. But as a real estate agent, we are trained. It is drilled into our head to avoid any questions that might create this type of a problem. So uh, be aware of that, folks. So let's continue. Um, she asks, were any additions or major repairs made to the home? That's that's not a problem, right? And should be on the disclosure. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Those, yep. for, you know, of course, ask away about all that. And then the next one she has, we're down to the last two. Has anyone died in the home? So that's an interesting question. And it's very sensitive to a lot of people. It, it is. And, um, you know, and I'm I, I'm not an expert on this question as far as throughout the United States. Um, every jurisdiction is different in this regard. Um, but it, here in Kentucky, um, a seller uh, does not have to disclose, you know, does not have to voluntarily disclose that someone has passed away in, in the in the property. Um, some states you do; it's it's required. You have to disclose that. Um, in Kentucky, there's no. Uh, automatic disclosure of mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, uh, I, I believe if a buyer asks, um, it's incumbent on the seller to provide a, a, an honest, forthright answer. Uh, because the neighbor may be the one who does it, and you don't want to be in a trap where you say, no, there wasn't a death, and then the neighbor says, yeah, I saw the ambulance and the Hertz and all the, you know, the morgue yeah. and all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm, exactly. All right. Final question. Has anyone ever felt a spirit in the home? That may be funny to some people, but there are a lot of people who oh yeah uh, who do believe in this that it needs to be asked sure. yeah sure well again i i think that's um i don't think that falls in the under uh, you know any kind of fair housing yeah. uh umbrella uh so i i think that the buyer can ask and um you know the seller can provide the best answer that they that they can in that situation um you know i I don't think there's um, anything that prevents the buyer from asking, but again, I, you know, it, it, the seller, that's kind of going to be a very particular uh, answer, I guess, depending on whether the seller believes <laughs> that there are spirits uh, in the house or, or not. Um, and obviously you're getting into some metaphysical concerns there as opposed to uh, physical issues with the property. So yeah. I wonder how many, I wonder how many people ask that. And then how many people that are selling the house would say, yes, I mean, that's a pretty great. Well, but listen, I'm did, with you. When I did TV, we, uh, <laughs> when I did Louisville Tonight Live, I actually won an Emmy 
for a series I did on Go. You won an Emmy? Yeah, I won two. So there you go. <laughs> two, buddy boy, two. Um, but it was about a series. This one was on ghosts and where there are people who believe that these areas are haunted. So we're not here to to uh, yes or no, right or wrong. I'm right, right, right. Pose right. the question. Right. So it, I mean, it is fascinating, and uh, and there are other questions. I know there are many people who also want to know what direction the front door faces, because there's a there are there's a belief in it needs to face this direction, and uh-huh. and so and listen, I've sold a lot of homes for both buyers and sellers. Like I know these questions come up on a regular right. basis. Yeah. All right. We, it is interesting. All right. So we are uh, just about out of time. A reminder. If you want to see what sellers are actually saying about us, you can go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. Again, you can read some of the reviews at LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleGoogle.com. And if you want to see our main website, go to WeSellLouisville.com. There you go. We are out of time. I thanks. Brant, you did a great job. Brant Sloan over at the uh, legal counsel at the Limestone Title and uh, Escrow. Lee Harris is off this morning. She's actually the legal counsel person. Brant is an attorney over there. But you did a great job. Really nice. I appreciate and, you having me up. Thank you very much. You, you can pinch hit for Lee anytime uh, she needs you to. Also, Randy Rocky, they do a phenomenal job. So remember, Limestone, great people to close your loan. But yes, they Randy, are. Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, they're great folks to get pre-approved and get you to the closing table. And that's Swan and Randy's number, 645, that's 6450736. And you can reach me day or night, weekends as well. As soon as the show's over, you can reach out and call me on my phone. 376-5483, that's 376-5483. Out of time, see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAN.